Welcome to the New to Crypto podcast, designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy, created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host, Crypto Travels Michael, as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. You can store, manage, and grow your portfolio, get NFTs, and multi-chain support. Download the Brave Privacy Browser at brave.com slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Today, I have on the show Konstantin Shirokov and Carlos Cano from a hot new lending platform in DeFi called Fringe Finance. And this one is about receiving loans and stable coins against your crypto. So join me in welcoming Constantine and Carlos to the show. This is definitely not one that you want to miss. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hello, Michael. Thank you for inviting. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Hey, before we dive in, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, I'm Carlos Ken. I'm content manager for Fringe Finance. I also collaborate with a couple of projects you might have heard of, such as Decor, which is a crypto blockchain research firm and Panther Protocol, as we were just talking about before. I'm very happy to, to be here to talk about Fringe, man. Fringe is one of those things where you don't know how much you needed it in the crypto ecosystem until you hear about it, because basically you have a long tail of underserved assets in, in DeFi, and that's like 99.9% of coins. So we'll talk a bit more about Fringe. I know I should be talking about myself, but like, yeah, <laughs> that's just what we're here to talk about to me, to make DeFi inclusive for everyone. My name is Konstantin Shirokov, as you have mentioned. I'm working as marketing director for Fringe Finance. And my journey in crypto has started four years ago and has absolutely turned my life upside down. It, it's like, a, for me, it's a key to the door that has opened brand new world for me. Borderless, permissionless, meeting new people, uh, understanding the technology. So I'm... I'm uh, I'm very passionate about the space. I'm learning every day and I love it. Awesome, guys. Thank you for that intro. And before we dive in, can you just provide like an overview about what Fringe Finance is for our listeners? Yeah. In, in a nutshell, Fringe Finance is a marketplace that connects lenders and borrowers in permissionless manner. Lenders who are primarily uh, institutional investors and high net worth individuals that want to have a a huge interest rate on their capital. Deploy that capital on the platform on one side. On the other side, there are holders of smaller cap, medium cap, biggest cap altcoins on the market that want to take a loan against its assets. Why? What we would you, would they want to do it? Uh, the reason is very simple because. If while you are holding, you expect the growth or the token price, but you can't use the, the capital that is, that is locked inside of these assets. Uh, you can go on the market and you can sell it, 
but you will lose the upside volatility, the upside growth of the token. And the other option is to, to take a loan and to enjoy the capital and enjoy the growth of your coins. And, okay. and that's a, a bit of also what, what Fringe aims to do that's a bit revolutionary. Like we, we talked about providing DeFi access for assets that normally don't have it. And we aim to do that through lending, but also through stablecoin minting, which is like an exciting part of the platform to be able to, to mint stable coins using your altcoins. And on top of that, well, we have the Fringe token, which is the governance token that the Fringe DAO will use. Right now, we haven't deployed the DAO, but when we do it, the DAO will be the governance token for it. And that token also acts as a mechanism to ha to allow users to earn rewards from the platform. So like by staking the token and, and making it more scarce, you should also get the reward from the fees that people pay to the platform. So it's basically a mechanism to distribute wealth back to, to users. Awesome. Can you guys break down a little bit about your primary lending platform? Yeah, the primary lending platform is the, the product that we have already described, that is it connecting lenders and borrowers. It is uh, in development since 2020, uh, and now it's on the absolutely finish line of it. We are finalizing the audit of the primary lending platform that is being conducted by two companies. One company that is developing its protocol, it's uh, also not only development, but also audit company, uh, it's called CyberUnit. And another one, audit company, it's called Hashex. Uh, they have done the, the audit. We have received the results and we are on the final stage of fixing everything and uh, in the review of the problems that were previously fixed. Primarily lending platform, we are introducing a brand new feature into the, the lending markets of decentralized finance. We are dividing the assets into different tiers. Uh, previously, with the very well-established and very well-known protocols like Aave or Compound, all the assets are hold on the same basket, but all the assets are different in, in terms of trading volume, of liquidity, uh, of markets on, the, on which they are available. And the risks are different as well. So because there were no system that is dividing uh, assets in different levels, these protocols cannot provide an access to a lower cap altcoins on their platform. And with the, with this innovation, we are opening the market, we are opening the possibilities of unlocking the capital for the possibly hundreds of thousands of the new altcoins. Okay, thanks for breaking that down. And what is your USB stablecoin platform? Okay, uh, the USB stablecoin platform is the platform where users can mint the USB stablecoin. And what the USB stablecoin is, you can think of it as a model very similar to DAI. So it's basically the same concept, lending as a as a procedure to mint stablecoins. But what differentiates it is that it aims to allow you to mint stablecoins using your altcoins. So let's say that you hold a couple the 30 something altcoins that you've picked up through your life just by investing in ICOs and some of them maybe failed, but some of them didn't. Some of them are doing well and some of them you just acquired them recently because you like some projects and you wanted to support them. So what you 
which is what, what you will be able to do in the USB stablecoin platform is to take those coins and use them uh, to get a line of credit that then allows you to mint stablecoins. And of course, you could get liquidated, but the platform is designed in a smart way to allow you not to get liquidated and make the most out of your altcoins. Thanks to that, you can say, aside from optimizing your capital, because then you don't only have your altcoins, but you also have this line of credit that you can use to, let's say, buy some Ether, pay for your rent, buy some BTC, whatever you want to do with that. Or, or even stake them back on the fringe platform, which also will be possible to earn some just passive income of that. Well, then what happens is that if one of your altcoins that you are holding suddenly 30xs, 100xs, whatever, you still have access to that. So you still can actually be exposed to the positive price volatility while limiting your downside. So you can, people can also see that as a sort of option. And I think it's a very clever design mechanism as well. Which is supported by the by the free token that aims to collateralize the USB stablecoin platform, so that a, a massive liquidation event doesn't wipe it out. Okay, yeah, and let, let, let me add, uh, Michael, one thing yeah, to that. Absolutely. Uh, we are currently facing the the problem with uh, stablecoins because most of them and the most popular stablecoins are centralized. It definitely contradicts the original idea of cryptocurrencies as permissionless and decentralized source of storage and source of wealth transfer. And with USB stablecoin, we will create a truly decentralized stablecoin that is that, that will be backed by the huge uh, basket of other collateral. And the thing that it, it will be backed by such an amount of different assets will make it even more decentralized. Okay. And will there be a list of like our listeners are listening and they're interested, they're intrigued, but is there a list of which, you know, which of the tokens that I'm holding, you know, that I can, that I can bring forward and, and borrow stable coins against? Yeah, yeah we, that's, a, that's a great question. We try to, uh, sorry, it's impossible not to step on people's toes when we're in Zoom. Uh, but we, we want to list in assets bit by bit, right? And the most difficult part about this, and the main reason people do not do platforms like this, is because it's very difficult to obtain Oracle price feeds for basically coins with low liquidity, because there's a whole bunch of issues that relate to that. And you want to get your oracles from decentralized sources like Chainlink, as opposed to using other sources that can then expose you to certain types of attacks. Now, we're not going to dive too deep into that. But what happens then is that Fringe needs to create a bunch of primitives that are also going to be usable for everyone in the crypto scene, not us, not just for ourselves. That said, we're starting with assets such as Chainlink, Token, Link. Constantine, help me because I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm blanking yeah, the right Polygon, now. Polygon, Polygon, Matic, yeah. with Ren, okay. with Bank or Iotex. So we are, we will start with the top one one hundred assets. Wow. Uh, yeah, but and we do have very big partnership network at the moment, and it will grow even more after the platform launch because uh, some of the what? some of some of our potential partners, they are waiting for the results of audit and the platform launch to see how it works and it is working stable. But even even before the launch, we have, uh, to the moment, I, I don't remember the exact number, I think 28 uh, of the assets or the partners with whom we have previously communicated and announced that they will be integrated. So we will start with step-by-step step adding the new assets to the platform and to 
increase the all the conditions for for these assets on the platform. So at the moment, it will be very conservative interest, uh, very conservative loan to value ratio, and it's its concept. I will describe it a little bit later. Okay, fantastic. I, I wasn't aware that it was that many different options you know so the different bags that i'm holding for example i can bring them forward same with our listeners and uh no thanks for unpacking that guys i wanted to ask you how does the insurance feature tie into the platform i checked out in your white paper the decentralized financial space is famous for its money logo concept and with that concept it's easy to integrate other protocols and other solutions into what are we doing Insurance is uh, one of the cases for that. We have already announced uh, our partnership with Union Finance, the insurance protocol that will help us cover smart contract breaches and the potential liquidations. But we are also communicating with other protocols, insurance protocols, some, some of them very, very famous in the market. And we definitely want to provide as many options as possible for our users and integrated solutions and make them safe in their decision. Okay, thanks Thanks for sharing that. And Can I add to that? Absolutely, Carlos. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention is that insurance in, in DeFi hasn't reached its final form. So there are many ways in which people can purchase or conduct insurance, and I'm sure they're going to be a lot more innovations down the path. So that what Constantine said is exactly right. We want to keep bringing on new insurance styles because right now there, there are a bunch of things you can do. We're aiming for the platform to be super secure so that someone will allow us to insure the whole platform uh, against any kind of attacks. And that's one type of insurance. But there is also smart contract insurance that protects against very specific uh, types of attacks against your smart contracts. There is position insurance, which is what Union Finance is pioneering, which is what allows people to purchase insurance for one of their specific positions. So let's say you come into to fringe finance with a bunch of link tokens and you want to optimize them. You want to get a, a loan based on them. Well, on top of that, you could also purchase some insurance so that your downside is even further reduced. So you pay a small fee to Union Finance to insure your position. And in case you get liquidated, well, you don't get fully liquidated. You get paid some of it back. So in that way, there are many things users can do. And of course, some might think of it as a tax and decide not to take it. But we want, of course, like this is DeFi. We want it to be permissionless. We want people to be in control of their own outcomes as much as possible. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street. More control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com forward slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. 
Absolutely. No, that's a great added benefit. You touched on it earlier and mentioned the friend token, but for our listeners, this is going to be an introduction. So um, you have your own token and it's called the friend token. And what is it used for? The friend token is mainly used to govern the platform for the DAO, right? So once we're in full DAO mode, friend is going to be what you use to vote. In the meantime, however, we want people to stake the friend token in the platform to receive the fees earned from the platform. So the platform will collect fees, but it's not like we're using those fees to get rich and buy acts. We're actually distributing that back to friend stakers. Uh, what that does is that that limits the amount of friend tokens that are out, out in the market and makes the token less whale friendly, more widely distributed, and also, well, more scarce, which should drive up its value. But mainly what it does is that it allows people that govern the platform that want to have a stake in the ownership of the platform to be benefited all around from participating in it and from others participating in it. Yeah, let me add that the main purpose of the main goal of our platform is to generate profit for the holders of the token. So all, all other activities are deeply tied to, to that goal. So we want more lenders and more borrowers to have more transactions and to generate more fees that will be redistributed to uh, the holders of our token. Okay. So based on what you're saying right there, let's jump into the friends staking and rewards program platform or program. Yeah, basically the staking rewards uh, platform is providing the ability to stake our main token that is called print and participate in the distribution of all the fees that are being distributed by the platform. It can be uh, a good source of passive income and and a safe haven in case of uh, the bear market for the holders of the token. Okay, and can you touch on the yield farming and, and how that works, Carlos? Yeah, so since Fringe aims to integrate a wide range of tokens, and since our partner, we're taking the most advantage kind of network effects, right? Like we're trying to get partners to bring partners, to create partners, to create a massive DeFi ecosystem. Um, so what that allows us to do is that it allows us to leverage the platform for yield farming. So let's say that, I don't know, you launched your Michael token and, and you want your Michael token to be listed on the fringe platform. So well, why not allow yourself to like allow people to stake fringe tokens to earn some Michael tokens that then they can use on the same platform? That's, um, geo farming is one of those things where it's like, short-term opportunistic activities, right? And we want to incentivize those on the platform, but always with a name to to allow users to optimize their capital and to allow projects to lock their capital in places where it won't be immediately sold out. Because, well, that just goes against your long-term strategy, right? Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. So can you walk our listeners through the process of actually on your platform of like becoming a lender? Like just the simplified, just the steps so they, they understand. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, if you want to become a lender, let's say that you own 150 USDC. <laughs> a very small number, right? Or relatively small. So what you would do with that tokens, and why I'm saying USDC, just sorry to backtrack, but I think that's important. We have a chance to list a bunch of stable coins as possible co- assets for lending. It can be any number. Eventually, we want to focus as much as, much as possible on the USB stablecoin. But 
to, to get started with, we'll start with USDC. So you take your USDC to the platform and what you do is that you lock them in a smart contract. That smart contract then allows you to earn rewards on your USDC. So like you will continue to get a yield paid to you as those coins are available for others to borrow. And what those others will be doing in turn will be to to lock their own stable coins to access a line of credit paid back to them in USDC. One figure that we haven't touched on too much on this conversation are liquidators. And although no one wants to get liquidated and liquidated, let's remember that we're on the Ethereum mainnet. So liquidations are expensive. The platform is not like a centralized platform or like a traditional finance platform where they want to liquidate you. Uh, no, in here, we're actually paying big Ethereum fees for the liquidations. So we want to optimize it, the platform for people not to get liquidated. But once in a while, you know, someone that's going to happen. Someone's going to get liquidated and the liquidator performs that function and earns a reward from that. And that in turn stabilizes the platform. So you ask for lenders, lender lending is the most secure thing you can do because whatever happens, you always be earning a yield. It's not a fixed yield because it's just going to fluctuate based on the activity of borrowers. So when there are more borrowers, your rate for lending is going to go down. But if there are not enough borrowers, then it's going to go up to incentivize these activities. I hope that uh, answers the questions a bit more from the side of uh, of lenders. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about your partner ecosystem. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about, about that? Yeah, we have already touched a little bit on the partner ecosystem. It has uh, some big names like Polygon, Chainlink, and Ren, Elrond, and some coins and assets that will get a uh, lower market capitalization. But uh, our partnership network allows us not only not only for the tokens to be listed on the platform, but also with some other with some other partners, we we can have a much deeper integration. One case that was already mentioned is Union, with whom we can go through the process of insurance. Some other cases uh, are, for example, Chainlink, who provide us with with an oracles and with the price fits for for other assets on the platform. We also has some offers from our partners that I can disclose in details, but our solutions like lending solution can be integrated in applications, for example, uh, for users who hold stable coins. And naturally in that applications, the holders of the stable coins can just use our service to, to lend their stable coins and receive the additional interest out of it. Other example can be with protocols like Router who are providing the cross-chain solution. So with our partnership network, we try to use the networking effects as, as much as possible. And also, I want to add one thing. We are introducing the innovation in the market is that our partners, that not only the holders of the assets, the retail users, we can say, can use the platform, but also the protocols themselves. They, they can come to our, our platform and take a stable coin loan against their treasury. So they can fund their operations with the help of our service. And there is no need more to, to the, for them to, you know, to sell their tokens and reduce the trust in the, in the platform and reduce the price, make it lower. 
and they can just come and take a loan and use this capital to fund the operations or marketing and development and all other things. So it is another angle of integration that our partners can go with our platform. Yeah, man, that's huge. That's uh, wow. What what a solution to provide to other projects, especially maybe towards the beginning or the middle of you know of yeah. their growth yeah. cycle. You know, I, I you make a very good point there, Michael. Uh-huh. Because uh, right on the middle is where difficulties can come through, right? Like if you're not in an ideal market, if you're not in an ideal moment in time, let's say that you raised uh, so, some 20 million on an ICO or whatever. But at some point that may start diluting and your token might not be doing too well. Your treasury might not be doing too well because you wanted to do the, the sensible thing and not dump all your tokens back on the market to not hold, hold your holders. So you have your bunch of tokens and well, what's better than to optimize those and to make a big commitment to your community that you're keeping them by taking a line of credit on them. Now, also, we are not saying just go take lines of credit without doing your own research and without thinking about it. But that's always a great option to have, isn't it? Absolutely. No, it opens additional solutions and opens doors, you know. Tell us about your roadmap for 2022. What should uh, our audience expect? with French finance? Yeah, we would definitely start with a, with a platform launch, with a primary lending platform. The next big step will be our staking platform and uh, yield farming opportunities. It will be in that the next huge milestone for us is, of course, the launch of our stablecoin and implementation of the decentralized organization that will be in control of the, of the most operations that will be in place in our primary lending platform and USB. We are planning also to onboard as much as possible insurance solutions and other integrations. There is a cross-chain. There is a plan for integrating a cross-chain solution into the platform. And Carlos, help me. What else? What else? What haven't I mentioned? Oh. I think you covered the, the roadmap pretty well. But if I should just touch on one particular item of it that I'm excited about, it's uh, going down. So DAOs, you saw yesterday that Joe Biden passed this executive order to start regulating crypto assets. And you're seeing a lot of very active regulatory movements towards cryptocurrencies all over the globe. And that's huge to us. But it's also... It keeps bringing up an ever-present threat to the crypto ecosystem. And that's that you don't know when governments are going to start cranking down on this and where they're going to do it and in which way. So we really think that the sensible thing is for everything to be as decentralized as possible, including our own jobs. I mean, Konstantin is from Russia and God only knows what's going to happen in Russia. And they have threatened even before this earlier in this year to take crackdowns on citizens that are holding cryptocurrencies. In the end, they ended up withdrawing the thing, but it really makes you think. So we also want to launch uh, the platform into the IFPS system for it to be decentralized. We want to have a decentralized UI. That's probably not going to happen in this year, but that's pretty important in the in our roadmap for people to be able to access the fringe primitives almost regardless of their own, of how they access it. Yeah, I have just remembered one more thing that I want to add regarding our roadmap. 
and that thing is fixed interest rate for lenders. That is, uh, in my opinion, it will be a huge move for us in uh, attracting the capital of the institutional investors because uh, what are they looking for? They're looking for a stable platform that will be easy to use for them and easy to transfer the capital and they want the, to, to have the result that can be easily forecasted. And they can do it at the moment with the interest rate that is floating. And they do not know what to expect from it. But if we will have a fixed interest rate, the results and the outcomes, uh, they will be known. And I think that will be a huge move uh, in attracting the institutional investors to our platform. Absolutely. No, that's definitely an important a component that's definitely needed. Guys, in closing, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about, you know, the amazing things that you guys have coming in with Fringe? Also, uh, when are some anticipated dates for, for release for, for some of the rollout here? Yeah, so we don't have any precise dates. And the reason we don't have any precise dates is because we've been so stringent about like launching 100% audited by all of our auditors without cutting any corners. We've seen time and time again in DeFi how major players, I'm not going to name names, but you know who you are, people. Uh, you don't fully audit your platforms before launching. And then someone comes in, discovers a vulnerability, and the ones that end up paying are the users of the platforms. Now, this is what we want to avoid. We don't want to gamble with our own, first of all, jobs. We don't want to gamble with your money. We want everything to be as airtight as possible. And therefore, since the process involves a lot of submitting and then getting results and then resubmitting, well, we cannot assure people of any dates. If you're watching this, it's probably about time for our launch. And if you go to our Twitter, you can probably see a, a launching date about to happen. And that's a great place for us to hype up our Metaverse Jack Party. Uh, we're going to be hosting a party in the central land. Uh, there's going to be DJs. There's going to be a bunch of people. Michael's probably going to be there if he wants to attend. Um, <laughs> we're all going to be there. And you can come. You can party with us in the metaverse and celebrate that we're about to launch. Awesome. That's exciting. Guys, it was a pleasure to have you here on the show. And uh, I welcome you back in the future. And, uh, you know, thanks for being part of today's episode and really unpacking for our audience, you know, all of the components about fringe finance. It's been great. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Looks like Constantine froze right on time for this. If you liked today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast and show your support. Click on the bell notification so you know when the next one comes out. Until tomorrow, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you liked the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy.